This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Keith Loing, President and CEO, Workforce Alliance of South Central Kansas. Welcome to Issues 2022, Keith. Hey, thanks, Steve. Always a pleasure to uh, sit down and chat with you. Well, let's uh, go back and do a little review now. What, what exactly is the Workforce Alliance? Uh, we are the local workforce board that serves the Greater Wichita area. We get employment and training resources, uh, primarily through the federal government, but other state and local funders as well. We help job seekers match up to career opportunities with area businesses. We help employers recruit. And we also can provide scholarship funding for folks who need to get a little training if they need to get in the workforce um, and really try to target, you know, critical issues important to the community, whether it's helping young adults find employment or working with justice-involved individuals or at a time that seems a long time ago when we have a lot of layoffs, we try to help those people get back in the workforce. But that's certainly not a factor in our economy today. Right. Work is what you do then. You're talking about it's all about work. How, what's, a, what's a geographic area that you serve then, Keith, with the workforce? Uh, basically, it's the, it's the Wichita metro area. I mean, we, we uh, specifically are funding is defined by six counties, but jobs don't know borders that well. So we basically serve anybody who wants to work in the Wichita area, any employer in kind of our 10-county labor shed. So go far as north as McPherson, down uh, south the Oklahoma state border, and, um, you know, west out to Kingman and, you know, uh, east over to Butler County area. So, How and, and when did uh, the Workforce Alliance get its start, Keith? Uh, we were, became a 501c3 in year 2000, so we've been around a little over 20 years now. Uh, and the programs previously had all been managed uh, within the city of Wichita, and the decision was made to uh, break them out and to create a new structure. Uh, way back, a uh, name from the past, Mayor Bob Knight was Mayor City Wichita at the time and thought it, uh, regional approach was more in order when it came to jobs and the economy. And so that's what uh, created the Workforce Alliance. And how, again, is the, the alliance funded uh- well, like I said, the federal government, there's a piece of legislation called the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, and that provides funding. So we operate a, a offices, workforce centers. It helps for some of that, uh, those kind of expenses. But we're, we go after grant funding all the time, uh, specialty projects. Uh, so it, it really it varies. Uh, you know, we get some funding from uh, the state on occasion for projects. We get funding from local governments on occasion, and we get funding from foundations and philanthropy organizations. When, when they, you know, especially targeting uh, certain groups that they have an interest in. I mean, some groups are really focused on youth and how do we help youth achieve. And, and so if that's academics and careers, we, we step in and we have some resources that can uh, help in that area. If it's working, again, with maybe justice-involved individuals, how do we help people uh, that are coming uh, out of the, the, the prison system? Uh, we do work. So we have funders who help us in projects around those areas. So how long have you been with the Alliance then, Keith? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have been uh, working with them ever since the very beginning, uh, but I have been on staff here since 2005. So I've seen a few different uh, economic cycles during my tenure here. Yeah, I've I've seen a few over the past 50 years or so. Now, uh, what did you do before you got involved with the Alliance then? 
Um, I was at Wichita State University. I was uh, in what is now the Public Policy Management Center. It used to be called the Center for Urban Studies. But I was kind of a consultant working with local governments and community organizations, and that's what brought me to this assignment. I was doing some work for them, for the Workforce Alliance, when I was at Wichita State. Is this your hometown? Oh yeah, uh, East High graduate. Uh, I'm a you know fifth generation. My my uncle still farms land uh, down between Derby uh, uh, and Mulvane that my great great grandfather homesteaded back in 1870. So I got some deep roots here. Wow, you do, you really do. Uh, latest figures show a Kansas unemployment rate at uh, 2.4 percent. Wichita area MSA rate at 3.9 percent. You know we like to celebrate low jobless rates because. They mean people are working, but is there a downside to have that low unemployment rate? Well, yeah, definitely. If um, at a time when you are running up to uh, kind of economic expansion opportunities, business growth opportunities, and that's really what we're seeing right now, Steve. And, and the numbers you quoted, I mean, that's pretty typical. The Wichita area tends to run a, a point or two higher than the state average when it comes to unemployment. Um, and it does get worse at times. Sometimes a recession or economic downturn hits harder in the Wichita area than other parts of the state. But right now, what we're seeing is that businesses have an opportunity to grow. Uh, the economy is expanding in, in a whole lot of different areas. Demand is going up, you know, consumer goods going up for services. I mean, you know, health care is still, we need health care. Uh, there's demand for that, uh, demand for manufacturing. We're seeing uh, our, our local aviation industry, both general aviation at the Textron and then with Spirit at the commercial side of it is expanding right now. And they need workers. So that low unemployment rate, that really is a challenge to them who want to increase their workforce those businesses that want to, and there's just not a big pool to fish from right now. That's the point, I guess. And and when you talk about a three, even a three point nine percent unemployment rate, uh, I, from what I've seen over the years, most people say, you know, that's pretty much almost full employment, or very much, very close to it, huh? Yeah, it, it is. And the trend we've been seeing, um, <clears throat> and I've been hearing this from employers too, whether, you know, you're, you're, the candidates are coming in for interviews, they're employed. They already have jobs. They're looking for a better job. I mean, I, to me, this is the better job economy right now. You have a lot of passive job seekers. They're employed right now. You know, they're, they're not back, you know, the I'm still having scar tissue from 2009, 2010, when the challenge was long-term unemployed, you know, and, and coming out of that recession. And, and we had people who were, you know, very active job seekers applying for dozens of jobs a week, you know, some choosing to move out of the community because they had a better career opportunity, you know, maybe in Oklahoma City or Dallas. It's a lot different today. I mean, people are putting their profile on LinkedIn, and if there's a job out there that they may see, you know, on Zipper Recruiter or Indeed or KansasWorks.com, they may be pursuing that job then. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, it is, there are people are looking for a better job than what they have, and employers that are wanting to grow right now, those are the folks they're seeing come in. They're seeing people that are already employed, and there's very few uh, unemployed job seekers. If you are unemployed, it does not take you long to find a job if you're actively searching. That's another uh, a component that is much different uh, where we're at now in this economy than what I've seen in past years. Yeah, there seems to be a help-wanted sign in virtually every restaurant in town. Uh, so we know we need some restaurant workers. What other businesses are, are really in need of help right now? 
Um, well, I mentioned healthcare, and you know that was a particular industry that just really took a beating during the pandemic. Um, you know, we went from celebrating our healthcare heroes to, in many instances, unfortunately, almost vilifying them as. Uh, and then I just think the challenges of of working in that environment for some people. I mean, that's uh, I don't criticize anybody who you know had to get out of that industry for 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 personal reasons for mental health reasons but but that it's going to take a while to rebuild the healthcare sector whether it's nurses whether it's nursing aides they need pharmacy techs they need echocardio technologists they need radiologists you know um so that that industry is huge right now uh in need there's been you know with back to school a lot of conversations that the teaching industry um that's another one of those employment sectors that kind of took a beating and it's going to take a long time to recover but a lot of teachers you know banked for some early retirement if they were close enough to it and got out uh decided to get other into other jobs and um so those are two in particular that we've seen a lot of and heard from a lot recently. Uh, now, I think you brushed on this a moment ago, but we didn't use the the uh, the exact words. But how are employers thinking differently after the great resignation, if the great resignation is over? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's quite over. Maybe in the mass, it's not to the scale it was, but I think employers are much more focused on retaining their talent. They they have to be. They have to know that those workers uh, that they have, if they want to keep them, uh, you're going to have to increase wages, and, and we've seen that across the board. Uh, you're going to have to think about this whole thing about work-life balance. Um, you know, w- w- how are you structuring y- your environment, which you're asking people to come? Are you willing to do remote work? Uh, are you willing to let employees do remote work? And, and we've seen a lot of change in just how I've seen a lot of change in the last two years in the way businesses think about um, how they practice human resource management internally. And when it comes to attracting workers, uh, you know, again, I mentioned uh, one of the industries we haven't really talked about that certainly is in need and got hit with COVID very hard was the hospitality industry, whether it's the hotels that suddenly lost business just incredible amounts, restaurants. Um, and, and you've seen those industries, they've, what have they done? They've increased wages tremendously uh, over the last two years. Uh, they are recruiting differently. They're recruiting uh, much differently than they've done in the past, looking for workers uh, more aggressively than they've done in past days. Um, and, and again, going to the restaurant industry, I mean, you know, it, it's changed a lot. I mean, I, I order takeout and carry out a heck of a lot more than I used to. And the way it's done at a restaurant is much more efficient. They are geared up for that to serve that customer that is just coming to pick up or do the curbside delivery. And so they've changed wages. They've changed working environments. Uh, so employers, I think, have been very aggressive um, at, at adapting to the to the economy and, and what's going on. And, and I would say those employers who are managing well, I think there's still some employers that they're they they don't have the ability to raise wages and they're still struggling, or they have not have not seen the wisdom of maybe paying their workers more if they're still struggling to hire and retain their workers. Will uh, Will South Central Kansas be able to attract enough new bodies to fill so many job openings? Yeah, it's been an ongoing challenge. That was a challenge before COVID, uh, certainly, uh, you know, and I go back and think, you know, what the environment was like in, in late 2019. And then and, and we had way more open jobs and, and we needed more skilled workers than we had uh, available in our market. And so, you know, I credit 
some of our community leaders, uh, the Greater Wichita Partnership. I, I think the innovation at Wichita State University and about how they're trying to attract students to come into Wichita State. Uh, I think those are, are, are fantastic strategies. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're not a community like Dallas or Nashville or Denver that just have a constant inflow uh, of new people moving here. And so we need to, I think, up our game on attracting folks to move into the region, but also work really hard for those people already living here to make sure that we can connect them to the best career opportunities possible. But it is going to be an ongoing challenge, Steve, in our area uh, to get the number of people coming in here to support business and industry uh, to the uh, potential that we have. You're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Keith Lawing, President and CEO, Workforce Alliance of South Central Kansas. The city and county government have responded to worker shortages by boosting wages. When is it too late when the workers have already settled in Kansas City and Tulsa? Well, I don't know if it's going to be ever too late. Uh, I, I think we're just playing catch up. I mean, it, we, you know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe you wish, you know, I, I look at my budget and I'm thinking, you know, because I'm having the same, I'm an employer too, Steve, and, and we attract workers and we need talent in our organization. And we've had to increase wages and we've had positions that we haven't been able to fill because I don't think our wages were competitive. So certainly the city and the county recognizing that, uh, you know, but they're, they're behind a little bit because other communities Communities uh, were a step ahead. Uh, other businesses have been a step ahead on that. But but it, it's one of the reasons we're seeing. I mean, I, I'm not an economist, uh, but you know, from my perspective, when we talk about the inflation that we're seeing, I mean, I think wages have been kept down. Um, artificially in a way. I, I, maybe that's the wrong term, but, but, but I think the power dynamic has changed over the last 20 years uh, and 10 years in particular, where employers had a lot of the power. They were able to uh, to get workers maybe to, to accept lower wages or increased benefits. And, and then I think what the pandemic showed a lot of people um, is that the, the, the wage thing needs to catch up. I mean, you know, we've long talked about minimum wage being seven and a quarter an hour. Well, the market left that a long time ago. There's very few jobs these days, you know, our, our, our fast food jobs, which always had been minimum wage jobs. Those jobs are paying $12 an hour, way, way north of minimum wage. And so I just think it's where the market's going. And, and whether you're, you know, local government, whether you're a business, if you increase your wages, that money's got to come from somewhere. You got to offset it. You increase prices. You got to grow a budget, um, you know, uh, and that's the challenge the economy's facing right now. You know, we need more workers. Workers want more wages. And then we also want to buy stuff and we want to get it at the best price possible. Attracting uh, a lot of attention in, in the news media recently has been uh, the shortage, a huge shortage of detention officers at the Sedgwick County Jail. But the county commission came back and what did they do? They they raised the wages there, right? Yeah. Well, and those are hard jobs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, those are, think about it. I mean, think about the environment you're working in. Think about the, the stress, you know. I mean, so I think those people deserve a pretty good paycheck. I mean, you know, and, and I, I go back to the whole situation with COVID and I go to wages where we recognize suddenly our delivery driver was an essential worker. And it's like, well, if you're an essential worker, how much are you paying me? You know, uh, uh, if you're and, and so I think that's part of what the market's responding to. We, we recognize we've undervalued certain jobs and professions, I think, historically. And 
we need to take a second look at those. I, I think it's I, I definitely would like to see, uh, you know, the best talent possible taking those jobs and, 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 you know, guarding our public safety. We need very skilled people to do that and they need to be paid for it. Well, there, I, I say there's always there are always openings for the IT people, the computer geeks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and that's an area, a growth area that we are seeing, uh, certainly here in the Wichita market that we want to take advantage of. Um, you know, we've had companies like Nova Coast, which is a cybersecurity company. And, and when you think about cybersecurity, it's, you know, again, we've taken that for granted, I think, for a long time. But now that technology is so ubiquitous and we're all paying for stuff with our debit cards and credit cards and you know we have medical records that we need privacy uh, uh, high levels of privacy you know financial institutions and so we need more cybersecurity specialists that just is a growing industry and yeah so if anybody who has some technical skills computer skills uh, there's a lot of career opportunities in this market right now but do we have enough carpenters plumbers auto mechanics yeah, no. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, to, uh, yeah, it, it, there's also a grain of the workforce, too. I mean, um, I'm certainly in my generation, you know, coming off the, the baby boomers and the, the, uh, the, the, the Gen Xers, uh, there's just fewer people kind of behind us in a way. So we're still dealing with some demographic issues, but uh, there's a lot of folks that are close, getting close to retirement, and we need to be backfilling some of those careers. Um, I, I definitely have talked to my folks, friends at the electrical apprenticeship programs, the plumbers and pipe fitters, and they need more talent to come into becoming apprenticeships, uh, become those uh, trades workers that, you know, when you need a plumber, man, you need a plumber. You better, you know, you want to have somebody showing up. Um, and if you need your some electricity work done, you need somebody who knows what they're doing to take care of that stuff. And yeah, we, we're going to continue to see growth in those trade skills, and we need people to help fill those jobs. The trade skills that you mentioned, that, and I'm just thinking, that's where people actually have to work. They have to physically do yeah. something, and we need them. We always need yeah. those folks. Mm. Yeah, and you, and you can't work remotely in that situation. Yeah, right. You know, you, you don't have the option. Um, that uh, and, and that is something that, again, you go back to, you know, people want work-life balance. People want uh, wages to compensate them for, for, and it's understandable that they have those demands. When, and we need to value those kind of jobs. Uh, you can't sit behind a computer, and, and even though technology is great, you need to get dirty every once in a while. You need to put your hands on something to get things done. And, and those are the men and women who do it. Are the uh, local high schools and colleges aware of local labor challenges? And if so, what are they doing about it, Keith? Oh, yeah. I really commend um, our the leaders in our education system uh, here, certainly in south-central Kansas. Uh, you know, folks like Dr. Moom at Wichita State, Dr. Thompson, um, they've been, they, they get it, and they're, they're talking the language about career readiness workforce development, thinking about how education aligns with business growth. I mean, we want everyone to have a well-rounded education and, and, and understand what it is to be a good citizen, but how do you combine that with the skills? And, and so, but the other school districts uh, around here too, I mean, I, you know, Goddard and Mays um, continue to, to really, I think, do, do a great job on focusing on those areas. Our community and technical colleges are certainly right there, um, but I would also 
point to you know some of our private institutions, uh, Newman and Friends. Uh, they do a great job of thinking about that adult learner, that transitioning worker, maybe somebody who's in their 20s or 30s and needs to get into a different career. So there's lots of good infrastructure when it comes to education, Steve, in this community that will help people uh, if you need to transition or update your skill set or just frankly, just make sure you're in the right degree path to get on to the best career op- uh, option available. You know, I saw some fairly alarming figures the other day on child care in Kansas. Ooh. There's something to, to think about. Yeah, and that, actually that is one of the issues that's really consuming so much of my time lately because it is a barrier to on both sides. It's a barrier for a lot of job seekers. You know, women were certainly heavily impacted uh, with the the pandemic and trying to get women back in the workforce, um, keeping them in the workforce, uh, access to child care. We know we talk about low wage jobs. We were just talking about that, Steve. We have not placed the high enough value on child care that we should as a society. I mean, I think we view it more as babysitting than early childhood education. And really, child care needs to be that early childhood education, and those people are doing, those are essential workers. And it's hard to attract people into those fields when the wages are so low. Well, again, if you increase wages, what do you do? You make the cost of child care greater. So, you know, there are people who are paying, I mean, I saw a statistic, uh, a young couple was saying their cost of child care was equivalent to what it would cost to put one of their children through college. Wow. Yeah, and and that's unsustainable. I mean, we and so like I said, I'm working on on issues, try to bring employers into this to you know help on the solution. Are there things employers can do differently? One thing I want to mention is the legislature expanded the child care tax credit for businesses that can step in and help their workers with child care. We're really going to be promoting that and making sure businesses understand that's an option. Um, I don't know if enough businesses realize that the legislature gave them that tool last year, and that could really help a lot of businesses get workers uh, into their shops and into their operations by helping them support, helping their workers support child care. We're running out of time, but could you give us a brief look at what is Road Trip Nation? Oh, hey, well, you mentioned the schools, uh, and this is a great partnership about trying to inspire young people uh, into uh, thinking about their futures and their careers and overcoming challenges. Road Trip Nation uh, is a not-for-profit organization that comes into a community and highlights uh, some stories and, and getting young people to take a career journey and tell the, and listen to stories of other people about how they achieved uh, their successes in life. We've got a great partnership with USD 259 and Wichita State University. We're going to actually do a road trip. We're going to have three young people on a big motorhome tooling around South Central Kansas here this fall. Um, we, we've got over 20 applicants for that. We're screening them right now. And this will be a one-hour documentary next year on PBS. And the content from the documentary and the content that these young people are going to create for us on this road trip, we're going to be taking this into the classroom. We're going to be telling these stories, helping inspire young people, and connecting them to the great jobs here in South Central Kansas. You uh, have lived in this community all of your life, and uh, you've seen the the aircraft plants, the cycles up and down and so forth. Have you ever been, have you ever experienced being unemployed and looking for a job? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and I've had really some crappy jobs in my <laughs> life, too. 
<laughs> I, I, I've been in the other side of that interview, really wanting a job and then not getting the call back or getting the letter saying you didn't get this job. Um, you, you know, and, and I've, I've, you know, I've worked outside in hundred degree heat. I've, uh, you know, I did some landscaping in my day. I've waited tables. Uh, I've worked at, uh, I've stocked shelves. Um, and you know, I mean, it's part of the experiences that we take. Everyone's career journey and career pathway is different, unique. Um, I'm happy to be where I am, and and I'm very blessed that I've uh, I can continue. I, I like the job I have, Steve, because it helps me give back to the community that I, I really love and that community. I've, it's been home for me. Well, it's not, I always have a good time when I when I talk to you because you you know so much and you share so well. And thank you for being with us, Keith. As always, we'll check with you again in a few months. See how we're doing on this thing, okay? Sounds great, Steve. Always enjoy chatting with you, and uh, keep up the good work. So, our, Keith, our guest is Keith Lawing, President, CEO, Workforce Alliance of South Central Kansas. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2022. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.